It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. So one of the hardest things in the Christian life, I think, is getting stuck. I think we all get stuck at times. I mean, we get stuck. It's like we're... You know, you start out well, and you think when you start out, this is never going to slow down. I'm going to be running after Jesus as hard as I am right now my whole life. And I tell you what, I honestly don't know a lot of Christians that have been followers of Christ 20, 30, 40 years who are running hard. On fire for Jesus. In that decade of their life. Yeah. It's like you get tired, you get stuck, you feel like you're tired. I don't know what it is, but... You need to get out of that rut. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to help you get out of that rut today. We've got Carl Clausen in the house, in the studio. <laughs> He's a radio host up in Chicago. This is what he does. Sits behind a mic and talks. But, uh, Carl, you are a friend of Family Life. You were formerly a Family Life Weekend Remember speaker, yeah. you and Joanne. But anyway, glad to have you here. It's a joy to be with you guys. It really is. I, I see you guys as fellow freedom fighters. Yeah. And Ooh, I, like I really, that. I really believe that. What's that mean? It means that there's a freedom that we have in Christ that has been far too elusive for too long for the average person in the Western church. And it's all due to, and I mean this, it's self-help. I live to close the gap between where we are today, the battles that seem unwinnable, those hurts, those hang-ups, those habits, that junk. It's that 10% that sits in the shadows, and we hope it can kind of stay over there or we minimize it, just hope it goes away. We can't seem to outrun it. It always runs stride for stride with us. But, man, I live to see people close the gap between where they are today and the promises of God because sometimes that gap, it's often far too large. Hmm. Well, if I think of anybody that can help us get unstuck, I'm not kidding. You're one of the first names that would come to my mind. You wrote a book really about that called The Seven Resolutions, Where Self-Help Ends and God's Power Begins. We've already talked about a couple of these resolutions, although yeah. we you know, we started with Join God. We didn't talk about number two, and I'm guessing these are in order? Yeah, there's some order to them. I mean, Join God has to be at the front end of this thing. Yep. Let me give you a metaphor from Alaska here. Let me take you back there. started commercial fishing when I was 19 years old, and I did eight seasons of it, and it was amazing. (laughs) And one day we had a boatload of fish and our captain was looking for the ship that we were going to deliver it to. And he got on the radio and he's radioing for the ship, but we could not spot that ship. The fog was thick, but the waves were high. It was one of these weird mixes. And we're like, oh man. So my captain Marvin, he radioed the ship. He says, hey, this is the Gene M. We need some help here. Where are you guys located? We got to offload. And then he let loose of the mic. We'd get the instructions from the ship. We'd move a little further. He'd key the mic. Hey, here's where we are right now. Where do we go from here? Boom, let loose of the mic. When I say join God, let's just take prayer. Uh, No, let's throw in Bible reading. You can throw in fasting too. High road Christianity, right? Oftentimes we go to the Bible or go to prayer to prove that we love God. Hmm. But he's trying to talk to us. Hmm. Praying God's way, reading the Bible God's way is keying the mic, reading something out of 
Galatians 2, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me in the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. Woo! Man, that's power. And then you unkey the mic and you go, God, talk to me. And he goes, that's you. That's you. And so you're praying and you're talking to God. Joining God is unkeying the mic and going, where am I? And listening. That's the beauty of God's power. Hmm. I got chills right now. I'm fired up about it. (laughs) But, Carl, what about the person that says, I ask God. I want to hear him. I hear nothing. Really good question. Sometimes it's an underexposure to the word of God. Sometimes people do not have enough truth that they're armed up with. I'd say get in your prayer closet and pray, but pray with a Bible open. Mm. I do this all the time. I find now that as I'm reading the Bible, I have prayer content constantly, and it's awesome. I used to digest it to preach it. Now I digest it to live it and mm-hmm. to talk with my God. So, yeah, joining God, resolution number one, we got to do that. And the reason is all seven of these resolutions are designed to fix broken systems in our life. Jeremiah 2, we find these words. Oh, Israel, you've done two sins, man. You've forsaken God, me, the God, the God of living water, man, meaning spring runoff, just pouring down. And you've carved out cisterns that can't hold water. Big old dug out of the rock cisterns. We have life systems in the Western church that can't hold water. And my goal, starting with join God and then think truth and kill sin and choose friends and take risk and focus effort and redeem time. All of those are systems that have been co-opted by a Western mindset that need to be reclaimed by God's power. And when we agree with God, whoo, unbelievable stuff can happen. <laughs> Let's hit number three. Let's kill sin. Yeah, it's a big one. So we do have sin kind of sitting around in our life at times. We all do. We all do. Yeah, we all do. I was preaching at this church called Mariners in Southern Cal. It was about 30 minutes before the message, and I said, can someone get me a hurdle, like fast? And uh, I put that hurdle in front of me, and I said, you know, sometimes we're faced with things in our life that we need to deal with, and we try to run around that thing. (laughs) And I'm talking about, you know, gossiping. I'm talking about fudging the truth. I'm talking about tax forms filled out that you know good and well aren't truthful. I'm talking about the secret sins, how you don't eat out of the refrigerator. The refrigerator's eating you up Mm -hmm. and every other thing under the sun. So that sin sits over there. And so the agreement with God and the resolution to kill sin is a powerful one. I see three constant reoccurring themes of how to deal with sin. And this is rarely done, but I, I want to make you a promise. You're listening right now. I want to make you a promise. You do these, and you're going to start breaking chains and running free like you never have in the past. One, expose it. You got to bring it into the light. You got to bring it into the light. Not only before God, you got to bring someone else around you. Someone trusted. Don't minimize it. Don't explain it away. Just say, here it is. That's number one. Number two, this is radical. Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, what do you say, guys? Gouge it out. Gouge it out. 
What's Jesus saying? He's saying take extreme measures to kill what's killing you. Mm -hmm. So is there effort in this growing process? Yeah, but you're efforting in God's power, not in your own strength. Paul writes about putting sin to death by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's replete. It's everywhere in Scripture. As I was studying, I'm like, wow, this is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this is done simply. I help guys right now. And I do this myself. My phone turns into a dumb phone at 8 p.m. every night. And my wife and my son have my screen code. Why do I do that? Because I'm weak and I can't handle it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But in my weakness, he is strong. And I'm called to do something radical. There is one verse that is, at first blush, you look at it and you listen to Paul writing this and you're like, this can't be this simple. But it is. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, that's Holy Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm. So if you want to kill sin, it's not a matter of going out saying, and here's what we sometimes say. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to get victory over it. I'm going to suck it. That's self-help. You aren't going to do it. Jesus can. Mm -hmm. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this uh, before you get the third one. Often, when I was pastoring, a man would come up to me and expose some sin. I mean, he knows me because I'm, but I don't know him, and so he's almost a stranger. He'll tell me his porn struggle or whatever it is, and here's what I notice: he thinks I'm done. I told Dave, and he goes right back. And I always said, you can't tell me. You got to tell somebody that knows you. Somebody's going to walk with you. I'm not going to walk with you unless you're my friend. So it's got to be, right? It's got to be somebody that you're in doing life with, somebody you can trust with this information, and somebody that will walk beside you. Right? Yeah, and when that's you how, this is super important. I'm so glad you mentioned this. It can't be the group of guys that you meet with every week and you commiserate over how you fell in a ditch again last week. Mm. you got to have a man or two that has been there, done that, and they've gotten victory. And they're not perfect, but they're willing to hold you to it. They're willing to talk with you honestly about it. And then they're willing to strategize with you. How are we going to put the machete to this? Thing? Mm. How are we going to gouge this out? Yeah, so, so many men's groups, and I can't talk for women's groups, but I know they're just that, Carl. They come in every week and say, I blew it again. Yeah. Yeah, dude, me too. Okay, let's let's try harder. Yeah, let's try harder. They're not killing sin. It's the derailed disciples club, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just getting together and commiserating over how they blew it last week. Now, do you tell your wife? Yes. So you tell your spouse? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You're never going to kill that sin if you don't expose it. You guys, even having that conversation with your spouse, both husband and wife, what is your area of sin that you're just struggling with and you feel like you just keep falling back into it? I don't think we have those conversations all the time. And yet it builds this oneness, this this beauty. I mean, you might get mad at each other. And it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> we don't have to say more than that. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's necessary. It is I necessary. mean, Jesus said, I think it's John 3, we love our sin and therefore we keep it in the dark. It's scary to bring it into the light. We're afraid of the light, and yet that's where sin gets killed. You can get killed in the dark. The boom. dark wins. The light kills sin. Talk to the guy or maybe even the wife who's saying, my husband doesn't even have a friend. Yeah. He has nobody to talk to. And the guy would say, yeah, I really don't, and I don't need a friend. Well, the latter is a straight-up lie. Yeah. The <laughs> former happens all the time. 
I will say this, men, you got to take a risk here. Yep. You got to take a risk. You've got to walk to the front of the church and ask a pastor and you got to tell him, look, I know you can't be my friend and tell him that, please, because he can't. <laughs> I mean, there's he's got a dozen friends and that's what he can handle because Jesus put the limits on it himself. And then you say, can you point me somewhere? I need help. I think most guys that are dishing up the word will help you. Yeah. I think so. But you've got to take a risk. You've got to find that person and you've got to get honest. So you expose it, you attack it, but overwhelming it. Here's the key about being filled up with the Holy Spirit. This well, that's is, your third one. Overwhelm yes, it. Yes. Overwhelm it. And this is almost what will keep you now from it. There's a certain amount of protection in this. And I really mean this. Paul said, I'm going to say it again, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Come on. <laughs> What kind of a promise is that? You think he's going to say sometimes. Right. Sometimes you won't. But he's saying you will not. And i got to take him at his word. Mm. So what's this look like? I think there needs to be enough space in our life, not just once. I love quiet times, but they're often a misnomer. I'm about all the time. Quiet times are good. They fuel you up with some good word. They get some good time with prayer. But that should be the launching pad into an ongoing conversation with God. The first time I ever realized that the Holy Spirit actually wanted to really lead me into all truth. And that when Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go, to your advantage that I go, <laughs> so that the Holy Spirit will come. I was sitting in an office. I was working for Robert Lewis in Fellowship Bible Church in Little Rock. And I was just reading something by Francois Fenelon and... I thought, oh, my goodness, the Holy Spirit is here. You're here and you're working. And I walked into my meeting with another pastor named Bill. And as I sat down, the Holy Spirit was prompting me through the word of God how to talk, how to act, how to talk about tough stuff. The Holy Spirit was working in me. We need to be so careful here. Because some people, maybe you're listening right now and you've not heard much about the Holy Spirit. I want to apologize on behalf of most Bible-believing <laughs> preachers out there because we've minimized it. And I think part of that is that there have been guys with kind of cheap suits, middle-of-the-night preachers that have been exploiting the Holy Spirit. But don't let that steal away the reality that the Holy Spirit is at work and the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. So I look at my life like, let's just imagine a 55-gallon drum. There's a manhood illustration. That's an oil drum. And you take a lid off that thing. And let's say you got one day you can pour in whatever you want, flesh or spirit. The more mindful we are throughout the day, Holy Spirit, fill me up. I'm sitting here right now, living this right now. As I'm sitting here, the Holy Spirit is guiding me. And if, as we're guided along by the Holy Spirit, the more we're filled up with the Holy Spirit, last time I looked, you won't have room for a gallon of flesh. Hmm. And that's what Paul's saying. Be filled up with the Holy Spirit. I think listeners hear that and there's this yearning like, I do want that. I yeah. want that. And, and Carl, as you sit there and say, I'm doing it right now, that feels very elusive yeah. in some ways to people. So explain how do we walk day by day, minute by minute, in the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, this is art, not science. 
This is like music, not mechanics. Dave plays a mean guitar, and it's fun to watch him kind of pick around and even hear before we went on air. And, you know, he's picking around on this thing. Walking with God is picking around on this thing. And it's allowing the Lord to make music in your heart with the word of God. Now, this is what I'd say. It is almost impossible to be led by the Spirit without the Word of God in your heart. Why do I know that to be true? Because Jesus said the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. Well, he can't guide us into truth if we don't know anything. So knowing the truth is going to set us free. And the way the Holy Spirit works in me is that the Holy Spirit reminds me of things. I'm sitting here going, okay, that's a great story about Alaska and the Iditarod and this, but The Holy Spirit will prompt me, let's not get self-aggrandizing in this, Carl. Let's keep this story just as it was. It's good enough, and we're going to keep plowing here. And, Carl, you might be coming up empty for words here right now, but that's okay. I'm going to reload you. That's what's happened in this interview so far. Mm. Now, that might sound crazy, but it's really what the saints of old did. I got my great-great-grandfather's Bible given to me here about two months ago. My Mm. cousin who is not a follower of Jesus yet. Always say yet about people that aren't following Jesus, by the way. I'm going to throw that in for free. Um, (laughs) But he said, you're going to want this more than me. And I opened it up, and I could not believe my eyes. Guys, it's dated in the back, barely faintly read it, penciled in my great-great-grandfather, immigrated from Sweden to Chicago. He was sitting, listening to D.L. Moody. Get this. 1886, April 8th, 1886, or is it 96? It's close. It's within a decade. And he says, listening to D.L. Moody preach on the power of the Holy Spirit Wow! in Chicago. Mm-hmm. This is before audio recordings. And then I go to the book of Acts, and my great-great-granddad has every Holy Spirit reference underlined. Guys, the church didn't happen without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to become knowledge brokers today. And all I'm saying is, good, learn the word, but make certain the Holy Spirit's interpreting this thing into your everyday life. Yeah, and I tell you what, hearing you say that fires me up because I think it's the mindset of the current community of God, the church, is not overwhelm it. It's mediocrity. It's like, oh, I'll just up and down. Every day will be a struggle. And I'm saying we're, we live perfect. We still sin. Oh, yeah. We're always going to sin. But to have a mindset that says, no, the power of the Holy Spirit means I live a different life. My life will not look like my unbelieving neighbor. If it does, something's wrong here because I have a, literally the resurrection power of God living within me. Boom, you nailed so it. there should be a, a sense that there is an overwhelming of sin in my life. Again, I'm not saying we don't sin. We will sin, but man, I'm going to live in a... Di- it, it should be the opposite. It should be my neighbor comes over and says, dude, I'm watching your life. What do you got? You got something that I've never seen. And it isn't like we're perfect. It's like, no, I can tell you what I got. It ain't me. It's Jesus. And you can have them too. That's the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. C.S. Lewis said, If you consider the unblushing promises of God's word, it would appear that we've not shot too high. That's a little Carl modification of that quote. But we've settled for too little. Those are his words. He says, We fooled around with drink and sex and other ambitions. 
when this huge, vast goodness of God lay before us. I want to be careful here because the minute we say, yeah, we're going to sin, that becomes sometimes now the catch-all or permission for guys to live with shadow sins and gals mm-hmm. to live with shadow sins. Yeah. So I wanted to say yes, but don't settle for too little. If you consider the unblushing promises of God, look at them. I know words like success and prosperity have been co-opted by crazies. I get that. But you look at Joshua 1, and Joshua's promised success and prosperity. Yes, we redefined it into a Bentley or whatever your car would be, but that's minuscule compared to what God wants to do. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, whoa, self-control and love and joy and peace and patience. My goodness, C.S. Lewis was right. Hmm. And we need to go back and reclaim, man, what God wants for us. I'd say, until your life is taking hold of the promises of God, stop settling for too little. Will you sin? Yes, but that's an asterisk. And I'm not talking about some holiness movement where it's sinless perfection, but there's a big gap between where most of us are living and the promises of God. And I'm just begging you, close that gap in the power of God. to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to impact marriages in your community? Consider hosting a day together, a one-day marriage conference that focuses on developing oneness in marriage. We have trained speakers that will come to you to present humorous but biblically sound messages of hope. For more information or to get started today, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website at families.powertochange.org.au under the conferences tab. We hope you can join us again on Monday right here for another Family Life Today.